Hello there! This week on the Gamers Guild, we're going to talk about the X-Men releases, Warrior Falls, and somebody got knocked down a peg. My name is Matthew, and welcome to the Gamers Guild. All right, so we're back. We are coming together with uh, Justin. Justin, how are you doing? Super awesome. I've been loving reading all of the X-Men spoilers. I, I love X-Men. Um, can't wait to talk about them. Got something special planned. It's going to be great. Oh, 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 I'm sure you do. I mean, I, I honestly all the news and everything that's been coming out with amg has been a serious uh uh hit against my productivity at, during the work week like everything like i'm about to sit down and do work and then like amg drops something and i'm like oh geez now i gotta read 700 discord messages i mean i don't have to but i lack self-control <laughs> <laughs> uh and uh coming back uh he heard that bishop is in the game he heard CGR has been taken down. The King is back sooner. Welcome back to the cast. I'm back. <laughs> How you doing? I'm doing good. Uh, doing well. Feels good to be back. Uh, I'm off of my sabbatical. You know, I had a, a good uh, spiritual awakening and um, spent some time, you know, doing a lot of meditating and uh, feels good to be back. Great! I'm happy. Good, good to have you back. Yes, yeah. We need to, someone to keep the keep our mindset before we go on some nonsense, and we just need like sooner to say, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! What are you talking about?" You might say that a few times this episode. <laughs> I mean, I've I've been known to to throw throw my opinion out there once or twice. So, well, that's why you're here. I mean, if you weren't here to give your opinion, it'd be uh, why, why would you be here? <laughs> that's a good point fair enough so we have a lot to cover so let's uh first thing first things first uh we're going to look at the guild built and board and we have some updates the shatterpoint part of the of this uh podcast is being moved to its own feed uh if you check the show notes in the description you will see the information about where to find the star wars shatterpoint part of the gamers guild podcast so moving forward uh on this rss feed will just be mcp related stuff for those who want star wars shatterpoint go over there for those who want both subscribe to both that's a little housekeeping in order and now we're going to move on to what we've been playing and i'm going to start with sooner because i haven't spoken to sooner since uh, 1997 <laughs> uh Back when the X Men animated show was on, That's yeah. Right. <laughs> so, what have you been playing? Uh, I have been playing a whole lot of X Force. Um, I am on many records saying that uh, the one model I was kind of waiting for or wanted to see most released in the game was uh, Bishop or Havoc. And as everybody knows, Bishop's card was spoiled 
Um, so that kind of motivated me to, I, I was already an X-Force fan and had played X-Force, um, but I'd never really like tried to play them super competitively. I morally just played them casually in a, you know, local game store and stuff like that. So now is the time. So I picked them up and, uh, with the changes they've had, uh, I've been doing a lot of X-Force reps. And you've looked at the card, you play with the card and you're still playing MCP. I'm still playing MCP. (laughs) I've played a lot of MCP. In fact, in the last like two or three weeks, I've played more games than I normally play. So I've been playing a lot. That's exciting. That's exciting. I Uh, came back with vengeance. We will, we will uh, talk about uh, X-Men and X-Force. Get your opinions about that sort of thing in the, the next segment. But is there, is there anything overall from your game experiences that you would like to impart to our audience? No, I mean, I, I, uh, I think they've did a good job with Cable and Deadpool on their changes. Uh, those, both of those characters feel really good now, really com- feel like they're a good competitive model and uh, super, super happy with the errata changes on those models. So well done, AMG. Wolverine 2. X-Force got a big bump. Yeah, Wolverine too. I don't. Wolverine's not in my list. Um, but I, I was playing Wolverine in Defenders before I went on my sabbatical. So uh, no, Wolverine is is much better now too. So, but but fastball special. Yeah, I did just put. So you know, I'm like 15 games in maybe, and um, I did just put Colossus back in the list. Oh, so, you're just one step away, baby. Yeah, I am one step away, so I needed someone who can can hold up to a bunch of brotherhood throws. You can go in there, you'll get the fastball special, you'll have the exceptional healing, and then no matter the cost, and then you'll also, you might as well, you're playing X-23, you might as well throw the Wolverines in there too. So you have one card left for Cat and Mouse. There you Wolverines go. Is, hey, don't sleep on Wolverines. I have played Wolverines, and it is a great card. Yeah, I, I, you have it played it into card. me. It is a good card. Uh, All right, so Justin, what have you been playing? Well, I'm going to sound like a broken record, but I have been loving Defenders. I forgot how fun playing non-mutant teams can be sometimes, and I haven't touched an X-Men roster in weeks. I've been strictly Marvel Knights, Daredevil. I love my Wolverine in in my Defenders roster. Wong is like a trusted friend now. I used to make fun of that piece a lot. Now I can't live without him. And Hulk, you know, Hulk's great. He hasn't he hasn't he hasn't missed a beat in a while. Yeah, I've been I've been lurking in the defenders chats here and there and like Wong is like what people say are is their like most played model. Which is uh I love to see it, you know, it's it's a good Cinderella story. My Wong piece is fun too, because I don't know how it happened. When I was putting him together, I lost his palm out hand. So I needed to find a fix for it. And I had a bunch of old orc and goblin pieces from Warhammer. And there was a goblin fanatic that I had that's like holding a chain. And I sort of put that on Wong. And the Warhammer models, the hands are bigger. They do that heroic scale thing. Mm-hmm. But when your base model is like a 40 millimeter scale as opposed to a 28 millimeter scale, the hand actually looks proportioned correctly. So I just painted it like Wong's hand 
It doesn't have any claws or talons on it. It's making a fist holding onto a chain. So it just looks cool. It, it's like he's got some magical chain that he's throwing out. It's a fun piece. I, do, I enjoy it. Do me a favor. Toss that into the Discord. I will, um, I will do that. Like the main, like the, the Gamers Guild Discord. Let's see it. I want to see that. I want to see that that uh, that nice Wong then, so I can steal it. Find just chain. gotta find a twenty-year-old goblin fanatic. I'll just kit, maybe I'll kit, kit bash Ghost Rider or something. I'll buy Ghost Rider just so I can steal his thing. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, so while we've done that, I have also been playing a bunch of Defenders. I've also been playing Avengers Steve, Mighty Steve Avengers. So uh, I know that I'm going to a tournament. Uh, this week will be last week when this gets released, and I'm going to be playing Avengers because I bought Deadpool, I painted Deadpool, I put a Sentinel head on my Deadpool, so I am making sure that I at least do one tournament with Deadpool. Um, very excited to play that that piece, and then and I also don't own a lot of the Defenders pieces. I'm still like getting that collection, so hopefully I do well, get some store credit. Uh, and buy some more Defenders pieces, or, the, or I'll just not do well and then buy some more Defenders pieces, and then <laughs> I can paint them. I'd be very, very excited. I, I, I think I think I'm gonna be. I think those two affiliations are my main now: Mighty Steve and Defenders, because I think those two. I, I'm not. I don't know if they're the most competitive, especially on Steve's side, but uh, they're they're a lot of fun to play. So, and that 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 that's the biggest value for me. So we are going to move on to the guild sauna for our hot takes. This start. This is a segment we started up. I think our, our last episode, uh, where we all do some hot takes. So we're going to talk about the things that have been released since we last talked. And the first up to to sit in the sauna and get real steamy is Iceman. Uh, like always, we don't talk. We don't go over the cards. We don't read them. Um, so if you're interested, Atomic Mass has the transmissions. Go on the website, pause the episode, go on the website, pull up the cards. You can so you can understand what we're talking about. And Justin, you haven't played you haven't played Mutants in a while. Tell us what you think of Iceman. So I had a whole thing. I was joking. I was going to come on here and make fart noises for 30 seconds. And then Alyssa and Matthew said I need to up it to five minutes. I'm not doing that. That's a shame. I am Coward. moderately disappointed with some of the X-Men spoilers. Iceman doesn't control pieces well and doesn't deal damage well. He's annoying He's frustrating. He's got great gameplay into people's Let's game plans that I am not a part of and I don't enjoy. Sooner, you just, you can so just I don't think that it's necessarily he's a bad piece. It's just he's a bad piece for me. That's my that's my take on Iceman. You can just go whenever because right. it was Sooner, a nice clean cut. Iceman. Bobby Drake. Yeah, I mean, um, I think, unfortunately, Iceman uh, is a little under... Is it under the curve? I mean, putting out slows is cool, um, but he seems to not have much damage potential. He can't move characters. Um, I just I don't see a whole lot that he does that really is going to make you want to bring him as a three threat, which is a very competitive spot. 
Um, you know, everybody is talking about maybe as a web splash and, and that may be um, where you get them. But uh, I mean, being able to do the airlift that Sam can do, I mean, that's cool. Um, but I, I think that is about the extent of why you would want to bring him, unfortunately. Um, so, I mean, his spender can stagger. That's, that's decent. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think unfortunately, uh, Iceman is going to hit a lot of people's shelves and probably not come off of it, but he is a beautiful model. So yeah, he does. He looks very cool. It's one of the best models in the wave. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, I think, uh, on the table gameplay wise, uh, I'm, I'm not super impressed by, uh, by Iceman, but maybe yeah. it'll surprise us. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think he will find some kind of niche place somewhere, you know, not necessarily like at a high tier. You know, there's some cool little synergies with Xavier because he can get his like airlift off in round one because he can get that power very easily. Uh, And then, like you said, the Web Warriors, but the dude doesn't have, you know, offense. There's no defensive tech. No defensive tech. He's got. no control really aside from you know the slows so he's basically his big thing is that he's maneuverable which he is pretty maneuverable but not like insanely so not like some of the other x-men that you have so i feel like there's a miles out there that gets two extra attack dice and a range three plays for two power and then there's iceman who turns into a size five i guess which is kind of cool ish but yeah yeah, I mean, you look at this guy, and then you look at let's just say like Gambit, a a model who already sees no play and gets a lot of abuse. I would take Gambit over this guy every single day of the week. I Me mean, me too. So yeah, unfortunately, I think Bobby Drake is going to be not too popular. So he, Gambit has the two things that I say Iceman is missing. He has a push. And he has some damage potential, and he's the same glass cannon that Bobby is. And he's got defensive tech, too. Yeah. Bobby's not a glass cannon because he's got no cannon. Yeah. <laughs> he's a glass water gun is what he glass, is. Glass pea shooter. <laughs> uh, yeah, I agree. He'll probably get some play when he when they get launched because it's a cool model and people will try to figure him out, but probably six months down the line, he'll be uh, niche play at best. So let's move on to... Uh, I'm actually going to swap what we have on this list. We're going to we're going to go to Shadow King next. Yeah, Jimmy, you have a lot of really strong opinions about this character who has I, who's, who's a novel so, to read. <laughs> Shadow King is he's a five threat, which is a pretty competitive threat spot in a lot of my rosters. It's a premium threat. It is a premium threat, so you, you're probably not bringing more than two in a list at most and normally you want one to be like an affiliated five if you can swing it and then you want your splash to be something that covers up some deficiencies shadow king i think the only affiliation we know of for him is brotherhood there are so many better fives that you can bring in your brotherhood team or fours that can kind of give shadow king a run for his money I don't know if you need him in that list, and I don't think he brings enough to the table that I want to splash him out of affiliation over a piece like 
Amazing Spider-Man or Cable or you know, there are a bunch of fives you can bring in, in those instances. Now, that being said, his builder is amazing. Like Wild Root and if you deal damage, you can advance the target short. That is awesome on a mental attack. It's only range three and he moves short. So he's not the fastest guy. But he does have Astral Fiend where he can place that token and target from a distance. Mm. But that takes an action. <laughs> like, I don't want to spend an action and three power trying to put a token out there where I can hit someone. And then if my enemy has a Mystic Attack, that enemy can use that token to target Shadow King with an attack. It's, it, I don't know. Uh, that whole power it, it feels like they designed him without that costing an action and probably being like two power and without the enemy attacking it and it felt too good so they had to nerf it you know what's like the most worried about people attacking like that's like a niche situation you have a you're talking about him doing it knowing and the enemy has to use a mystic attack and it's attacking his strongest it's his strongest his strongest uh defense so like you have control over whether or not you're putting yourself into that risk for the payoff that you're trying to do like if you're using astral fiend you're doing it for a specific uh purpose probably either to try to, to get a really long range shot into somebody and to also pre- present like the 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 confu- you know, it's sort of like the decision making of nightmare visions. So, like, the, the, you're not putting up Astral Fiend. You're, you're probably not bringing this character in general into something, somebody like a uh, convocation. But normally, like, you you are making a misplay if you're sitting there and putting it, the 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 Astral Fiend token right next to somebody who's going to wipe them off the map. I mean, it's not that. I'm thinking of situations... Like, I run a lot of Psylocke. She's got a two-cost charge that gives her extra dice, where all of a sudden, instead of having to rush across the board to target Shadow King, I have to rush up a little bit and target his token and stab him with a seven-die builder from across the map. Right, you just don't do that, though. (laughs) Like, when you're you're a Shadow King, you're not doing that. There's enough negative there on top of the fact that it takes an action that it does not feel worth three points. I think that Astral... I think there's a lot of chatter about Astral Fiend. People really, really zeroing in on this superpower. I think the super... Not every piece of text on a card needs to be used all the time. Uh, And this is one of those things that you... It is there for a purpose and i think figuring out that purpose is important but i don't think that astral fiend is just like this is a thing i just do all the time this is a thing you do when you're bringing him for the purpose you're bringing him to do the thing you want to get accomplished like shooting somebody into their back line and the repercussions are not going to be that bad because there's not a lot of strong mystic attackers on the other side I do like how it says you can only use astral fiend once per turn like you would ever want to use it twice you got you got to be safe we all know what happens when there's too many powers that don't say once per turn fair i guess but i mean his heal his heals great i mean healing three heals great i think i think better than people i don't want to say he's like 
an Nightmare Visions is like it it's it's awesome, but man, it's expensive. It's expensive. Low percentage chance, but it's a very powerful effect. It is a very powerful effect. He's got a great attacks, I think. And I think, you know, like he's he's not like I don't know if he sees play because of the competition, but he's got a great builder. He's got an okay spender. His spender's pretty good. His spender's good. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm saying it's that that's when I look at his card and I see four costs next to that spender, I'm not thinking, ooh, I gotta get to that. Like I mean, he'll get power pretty easily. I think his power profile is pretty he gets two power a turn. He's got a great builder, a six die mystic attack that you know, builder is pretty good at mess and it messes with your opponent significantly. Uh, and also let's be honest, look at him. He's like he looks like cool kingpin. Oh, the mini's <laughs> awesome. I love the mini. It's literally Kingpin. He even has a cane. <laughs> Just, I can't believe you're advocating so hard for a mutant character right now, but look, when I when I see potential, I see potential. I think Shadow King has a place in certain lists. I think he's got some really powerful effects on his on his card. I I, I'll, I will admit I've been more down on him than I've heard other people be. I I, I will say this at the end, and I'll say it now, but. I want to be proven wrong about all of these minis I'm talking about. I want to be proven wrong about Iceman. I want to be proven wrong about Professor X, Bishop, all of them. All right, spoiler. Sooner, uh, prove prove Justin wrong. What do you think about Shadow King? I, uh, I think I'm on Matthew's side here. Um, I think that he's got two very good attacks. Uh, his builder is excellent. His spender, I think, is actually pretty good. I mean, there's going to be lots of times that's a 10-dice spender. Um. So that's pretty good. And the, your, the other character can't modify or re-roll dice. Like that's going to be a one shot a lot of times. Yeah. Have well, that's fun, also, Dr. Strange. That's also range two. Yeah. So you have to use an action for Astral Fiend more often than not. It's, it's, eh, or you walk and, and do it. I mean, you're not going to be doing it in like the first three rounds or something, but let's say. You could also mental four. shackle somebody into range two. Yeah, true. I mean, I, I think yeah. I think he's good. I think Astral Fiend, I think you just use that to, if you just need to attack a character to kill them that's far away, or you use it to try to chase somebody down. I mean, I think that's really, it's got its niche uses, and you just use it for that. Um, I mean, I think he's solid. I think his biggest problem is he's squishy as, as can be. I mean, 6-6 six, six on a 5 threat with three physical defense mm. that's that's pretty poor um so i think that's his biggest problem i think you may see him in convocation uh he may be pretty dang good there um mm. but uh yeah i mean the heel is cool um and it definitely helps a lot but like i've played a lot of of og strange and that dude can just die and this oh, yeah. Reminds me a lot of that. How often do you see OG Strange out in the world? Yes, uh, I mean, his his, build, all, his build is not as good, but it's similar. Better. Yeah, this well, no, no, no not no, not at totally, all. This totally guy's different. got way more damage potential. I'm just saying because his builder also moves people on damage. And, yeah, but this his one is a five die energy attack. This is a six die mystic attack that advances, not pushes. Yeah, and roots. I, I don't know if his advances or pushes. I don't remember. It's a push. It's, it's a push. push. Yeah. It's a small push, yeah. 
Yeah. So no, I mean, I think I don't think this guy's gonna light the world on fire, but I think he's he's probably better than he's given because he has been, you know, on the channels, been getting a, a hard time. I, I do think I've been a little too harsh on him because his kit is usable. He's not. He a may be somebody that's better on the table than than he may actually. Yeah. Be. I, I can definitely see that. And I'm sure that there are a lot of gotcha plays with Astral Fiend that I'm not seeing right now that will make me groan when they hit me with it. So Can't wait. Love yeah. to see it. Let's mm-hmm. move on to Professor X, man who is faster than Shadow King, even though he's in a wheelchair. Da-na-na. That is Shi'ar technology in his wheelchair. There's a reason he's faster. That's right. Everyone needs a Shi'ar wheelchair. <laughs> ooh, ooh, I'll go first. I'll go, go for first. It. Go for it. Go for it. Will you make the fart noise? All right. I will not. Um, <laughs> but, uh, so Professor X, what do we say about the good old Charles Xavier? Well, let's start with the awesome thing, and that is his leadership. His leadership is super fun. I think it's good. I think it's really good in round one or round two. Um, it can give some really good round one plays. Um, it reminds me um, of some of those good, um, like early Avengers teams that you could have some good round one plays. Back um, before um, Advanced R&D was uh, restricted. Yeah, so I, I think that I think he's got a really great leadership i think outside of that he's a pretty poor model um the best way i can describe him is i was playing a game against uh jacob deaton from the danger room and he was running uh professor x and all the the new x-men and after the game you know his he said you know he just reminds me a lot of steve one before the errata and i agree He's basically a model who's kind of a four threat tax, but has a great leadership. Um, And so if you're fine with that, then that's cool. I mean, he is extremely squishy. Um, He is not hard to kill at all. Um, If you have any kind of throws, if you have any kind of attacks, like range attacks where you, your character has two power, um, I mean, those are going to do some serious damage to him. Um, so, yeah, uh, I think uh, he's a great leadership bot, but unfortunately, I think he came up quite a bit short as a standalone character. Justin? I agree. <laughs> but, I mean, in, in a more real scenario... He feels like a less tanky version of Cassandra Nova, which I'm sure is by design. But the mental suggestion is very similar to Cassandra Nova's attack. The psychic dart, um, it applies root on a wild, whereas Cassandra Nova had a superpower, so it's a little different. But a lot of the kit just feels like that energy. And He's so weak. Like I get it. That's like you. You're, you're going to put him in the backfield, and he's going to be like a back point holder, and that's fine. But I don't normally want a four threat 
with a range four, which I mean, you you might be able to affect the battle a little bit, but you're not going to do a ton. And the same goes for Professor's Guidance. His reroll bubble is only within range four, and it the stupidest thing ever. It's once per turn. I I I cannot fathom why they put once per turn on that. And the telepathic lock, I mean, that's useful, like Mysterio's whatever, the pay two power to ignore his mystic defense, where he'll get trucked whenever you do that. Or you just bring throws, like you throw beast into him and he's rolling two dice to try and stop four damage coming at him. Like he's going to get taken off the board really quick. And he's got what? I think it's 12 total health, six on each side. You know, I'm sorry, he has five, uh, five on five the back. Yeah, so 11. 11 damage is nothing for that guy when he's got two physical and two energy defense. Like, I don't know, man. His leadership is awesome. And I can definitely see the parallels between old Steve 1 where you've got crazy first turn Gambit. Not, not specifically the character Gambit, but, um, you know, just like gotcha plays. And then after that turn one, when everyone starts generating power throughout the game, it becomes way less important and way less useful. And you're relying on a character with two physical and two energy defense trying to hold down the back line and he gets obliterated. Like I know Jomanji was talking about it where he was taken off the board turn three every game he's played with him. Like just nonstop, just destroyed. Yeah, um... I can't really disagree with anything he said. I think he's got his uses. He's, you know, medium move on a medium base. He can go up and grab a scroll and then run away. <laughs> sure. I mean, that's um, cool, I guess. They should have, like, given him, like, some agency for his defense dice. Like, yeah. it should have given him more, like, the Magneto treatment where Magneto pays two and he gets to roll six dice. Like, they should have given him something more like that. Because or, at the very least, like, the Mysterio thing where at least when he does dodges, he uses his Mystic defense. Yeah, something. Because, like, God, he's just so easy to kill. Uh I think the worst thing about him is uh, the card art. It's really I don't like the card art. <laughs> his model looks so cool, and then like his face is like a block. I don't really like that. It like really weirds me out when I look at the model, which is like such a round, beautiful round. I, I I I don't know how much you guys know this, but are any of you familiar with the British comedy show Red Dwarf, also based on British novels? Never heard of it. There's an android in it called Crichton, whose head is very angular. It's like straight lines that kind of blocky shape that builds his head his that's what he looks like in that picture because it's very angular like lines for his head i will say i think he's definitely a a, a leader that you need to bring one of the other leaders with you like he's not he's not in every scenario every game kind of leader so you need to have him with some like a storm like I, i'm gonna say storm because i feel like his leadership is just better cyclops and uh, i have a question for you matt okay Matthew. all right so so what where do you actually play him i don't know so like where do him. you play him over storm i don't know i i think i i think the it's it's like the steve you know 
the original discount Steve that we were talking about, like there are go- there are probably going to be some scenario oriented uh, things that you can guarantee to happen using his leadership and your roster. And in those scenarios, you play Professor X. And he, while he's not like the best four threat, he does have like a decent range four mystic attack. He does have Shuri rerolls. He does have the mental suggestion, which is very powerful if you, as long as you hit, you get a damage through. Um, so he's not like a total waste of your roster at four threat. He's, but. Um, he might be sort of like, this is the scenarios that I have mapped out and it, which puts me at a significant advantage. And if he dies round three, it's fine. He dies round three, but I'm going to win by round four. It doesn't matter if I lose my lead around three, which is a lot of times how Discount Steve was. Uh, and then for everything else, you play Storm. Yeah, I mean, so I'll, so the game I played, I'll, I'll give you a quick, little rundown because it was the round one that Deaton did was awesome. It was really cool. Uh, it was X-Men with X cable beast, kitty pride and nightcrawler. And um, it was against, I was playing X force and playing meteors and basically cable goes first. He does his body slide. He picks up an extract for free uh, and kind of does like a midline grab. That gives a power to Kitty. Um, I went pick something up. Then Kitty can go. She can do her phase or the her place range two, pick something up, and then get back, like another midline grab. When she gets to do that place, she gets to give a power to Nightcrawler. Um, then basically Nightcrawler gets to teleport up. So he teleported up. Um I think he did to me my X-Men to get, even get him farther. So Nightcrawler was in the middle of the board, dazed my Deadpool, middle round one. Um, and then when he obviously teleported up, he gave a power to Beast. So now Beast can throw something. Um, so it was a very powerful round one. I actually had two characters dazed round one. Uh, Bishop and Deadpool were both dazed. Again, it was Meteors, so it's a, a midline range and uh, I flipped the meteors, and, and then those two models died. So his first round probably couldn't have gone better for him. By round four, he pretty much had no models left on the table. I mean, it's just, it's like, it was like, this is awesome, round one is good. And then just throughout the game, we were like, man, these guys just have no staying power at all. Like, Yeah, I could see that. Well, it, Cable that, that's, has like, that's like, been the game plan for X-Men, right? Yeah. Like you go up a lot of points round one and two, and then you try and ride that until the end. And your pieces don't have staying power. So if you lose too many along the way, you're going to have a rough time. And that sounds like that's what happened. But there's also some like aggressive plays you can play. Like just think about the things like, you know, like X-23 with two power, she's got her spender online. Uh, Wolverine with two power has his charge online. Well, you, you know. can do stuff with Emma where you give her a couple power and she headmistresses three pieces forward. 
Like, yeah, I think there's there's plays there. It just, I agree. That, that's the thing. They're all gimmicky turn one plays. But I think they're good. I, I do agree with that. And I think that, you know, we were playing the game. I think Jacob was just trying out the new models for the most part. Uh, and he made a, a good little li- list for round one um, and had a good round one. But it wasn't like an optimized uh, Xavier. Um, so I do agree. You can do those cool things, but man, you're really relying on those characters to really like carry you through because like Xavier's not going to do much and he's four threat. So like, it's a lot of reliance. Like one thing why I have loved playing X-Force lately is like every one of those models I put on the table is a threat. Yeah. And maybe like, X-Force is the swing. Maybe like, it's like a professor X X-Force dual affiliated roster <laughs> if you're bringing yeah, in other, I, if you're bringing yeah in where X-Force, i'm playing x-force 99.9999 yeah. percent of the time well the only the only pivot piece i would bring in that x-force list is storm as a leader to do a more uh kind no, of x-force uh, needs their 10 slots so you can't well, do that you mean, but, yeah but but yeah no i mean it just um i don't know i mean we'll see i think people are gonna play them i think x-men are in extremely popular and i would assume professor x will be very popular so i am excited to see the people come up with some cool things i agree yeah. with uh with matthew that there there are going to be some people who are going to try to really come up with some cool stuff and they will i just i i hope that the staying power is a little bit better than than it looks so far yeah i think that i, that I definitely think that i think the beginning is going to be gimmicky not you know round one nonsense uh just like people did a lot with steve i think that over time people will flesh it out like magic nick you know for example really honed in what would be and i know this is post you know character buff steve but i think that even pre-nerf steve with magic nick's game plan probably still has a similar level of improvement maybe the gainers like the one thing that would that that put it over the top but like outside of that like you start really workshopping somebody who's like an xavier fan you know person is just gonna sit there and figure out what is what's beyond the gimmick anyway so what are what are our thoughts about the we've seen all the x-men we've seen bishop we've seen all the stuff I, what are, what is everybody's general feelings about X-Men after this new wave? And I want to start with Sooner, especially because he hasn't had a chance to talk about Bishop. Um, I think, unfortunately, I think overall a little, a little disappointing. Um, Bishop, I think uh, I agree with Justin's sentiment. I think Bishop is actually uh, a good playable character. He's got some cool stuff on his his uh, card um he's just almost ruined by one stupid rule that should just not be there there's just no reason for it to be there or if it is going to be there it needs to be done better like amg can do better right like there's no way this should be done in the power phase they just fix cubes that so they're in the cleanup phase so like this superpower overload should be done in the cleanup phase um, it, it's, I mean, it's almost brutal to have a character that your opponent can kill in the power phase. I mean, it, it can literally just lose you games. Um, so I, outside of that, I think Bishop is a good character. I've played him a lot. I've probably played him more than most people. 
Um, I've probably put in about nine games so far with Bishop. Um, and I played him in a game today, and I mean, he was pretty good. Um, so I, I like Bishop outside of that one dumb rule. I just wish they would have done better with that rule because um, it really does kind of ruin the, the character to an extent, like, unfortunately. Um, I'm really hoping it has a really good tactics card because that could kind of over, no pun intended, overload um, <laughs> that rule and uh, make it where, you know, it's, it's, pal- it's, it's okay. But yeah, unfortunately, really cool model, um, really cool rules outside of just a really poorly done rule. Um, so that's Bishop. I think Kitty is good. I think Kitty is great. I even want to try some in X-Force to add some more defensive um, dice, but uh, I think Kitty is well done. I think uh, she'll probably see the most play with maybe Nightcrawler out of the group. I think Nightcrawler is another, mo- another model that is well done. I don't know exactly how competitive I think Nightcrawler is going to be, but I can tell you he is fun as can be on that table. Um all the placing and things he can do. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Um, he did a lot of cool stuff against me when I played him or uh, played against him. So I think Nightcrawler, Nightcrawler and Kitty, I think are very solid. They're good releases. Um, so, I mean, I think you get two, two hits. I think you get two misses and then I'll give Bishop a, a, a maybe I uh, just a guy with good, Good rules, but just a really bad rule that kind of ruins the card. How about you, Justin? I know we've been chopping at the bit to make your fart noises. I pretty much agree with Sooner's sentiment. I think Nightcrawler is super fun. He looks he looks very entertaining. I think he's got enough board presence and gameplay with him that you'll see him places. He's he's a good piece. I could see him making a ten man roster of X Men pieces. Awesome. Kitty is in a similar boat. I, I think she's fine. I, I like her build. She's a long mover, which X-Men need, but she's competing with some really good three threats, and it's tough to find a spot for her. My take on her is she's she's pretty good. And then Bishop has potential, but is super disappointing for that, that negative power. I think he's better in X-Force than he is in X-Men, but otherwise he's he's playable. And then I am wanting to be proven wrong about the last two. I don't think Iceman is worth the three threat points you'd have to bring him. And I don't think Professor X, I mean, his leadership is awesome, but he is so flimsy that it's tough for me to want to bring him. Like I'm, I'm willing to sacrifice the guaranteed power to bring Scott and have a much better kit with my leader over the course of a game then I do want to bring like professor X and have him be a wet towel in the backfield until he dies. I don't know. Scott would be pretty good under professor X. Get that field leader up and running. Yeah. I think that's a great idea. We like should just field leader professor X right up in the middle. <laughs> I told you I'm going to run. Uh, I didn't Wong, say that. <laughs> Wong professor X and Emma. That way I can have Wong give Emma two power then on Emma's turn, she just moves Professor X right up to the center of the battlefield to watch him die. Then she takes over as headmistress of the Xavier Academy. And no, man, you got your permission. you got your bulletproof gambit plan, man. Oh that yeah, my, 
my 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 main number one plan. In fact, the first game I play with Professor X is probably going to be Wong feeding Gambit two power, and then like magic teleporting and giving him a power, and then. I I, can't, I haven't fully hammered out the list, but the goal just just is, just putting a whole bunch of real tanky models out there. Professor X, Wong, yeah, Professor Gambit, X, Wong, Magic, Magic and Gambit. <laughs> you but, will not but, lose those models very quickly. <laughs> the, the whole premise behind this is to move Gambit up so he can fifty-two card pick up round one. So, <laughs> hey, you, hey, look. The best defense is a good offense, true, baby. True. Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. So I don't, I don't think I have any more to add to that. So we can just uh, <laughs> move on to our next segment, the council chambers. This is what we have finally, hopefully, uh, uh, settled on as our name for when we have our little debate. Uh, and what for those who haven't heard what this is, we set 10 minutes on the clock. We have a topic and we debate or not debate in the case of last week where last time we just uh, agreed 100% on everything. So uh, this week we're going to talk about Warrior Falls and rival panels in general. Warrior Falls has been released and it's confirmed now that it's been released that it's essentially a diorama and there's no back to the actual brain. So this kind of falls into question, what are what is the goal of the rival panels? Uh, and to give, to give history, our first panel was Spidey versus Doc Ock, had new models, a diorama terrain, but no new cards. But they were kind of fancy, but now they're also out of date. The second pa- uh, r- rival's panel was Logan versus Sabretooth, which had new models, real terrain, though a little cumbersome, and new cards and a new leadership. The final uh, panel, which is the one that came out, which is Warrior Falls, which is Black Panther versus Killmonger, new models, diorama terrain, new card, two leaderships. The debate topic is essentially, what is the what is the point of these rivals, rivals panels? Is there, is there a way to even do this product that doesn't make everybody unhappy in some fashion? And, you know, either you're going to create a product that gatekeeps people from being able to get the models they want instead of spending the normal like forty to fifty dollars. Uh, maybe the product isn't selling enough because it's just a hobbyist and people don't buy it if it doesn't have new models into it. So we're gonna start the clock. And Justin, give us give th- throw it down. Right, worst balls. Worst set yet? No, it's not. I think the new characters in it are fun. I will say it's the worst in the sense that the um, Logan Sabretooth Rivals panel had two extra bases that you could put on the diorama piece so it didn't have cut out whole slots when you just had the bunker set up. But does it matter? Does it does it matter if like the pan- the Warrior Falls is never going to be used except when you're just putting those models there as a diorama? If that's the case, then they wouldn't have given them separate rules cards to be played in the game. But they, but they clearly didn't intend this uh, product to be used as terrain because they didn't put it back to it. i just saying, why would they give you two bases in one and then the follow-up panel not give you two bases to put in there when you don't have the pieces in the diorama plan? 
times are tough, man. Plastic's expensive. I guess. But I think it's very telling that I've bought exactly one pack, and it's the Logan and Sabretooth pack because the terrain is playable in it, and I like the characters. The other two packs, I like the characters, but I don't get anything new with the Spidey Doc Ock one, and I don't get anything playable with the terrain in the Black Panther Killmonger one. If the if the Logan and Sabretooth one, the models, the you know, the terrain is cool and all, but if the models themselves were not, let's just say, pretty above the curve, would you still buy? Would you still be buying that pack? I probably would, just because I I like the sculpts that come with it. I like the models, and the thing that held me back from the other two packs is that I can't play with the terrain. Mm, okay. If I get something, I mean, granted, I hate painting terrain. I hate anything terrain related, but I like to have enough terrain to play a playable game. What so, have you done anything with the with the the bunker? I, mean, I put it together. It's still did, gray plastic, but did did you did, have you painted it? No. Have you used That's it in a game? It's, it's still gray plastic. I don't because <laughs> I'm spoiled. Um, Mr. Guild brings all of the terrain for our game night, so I'm I'm pretty covered. So essentially, you did me. not need to pay for that but terrain. It's there if I have if I need the option because uh-huh. Mr. Guild doesn't come every night, so uh-huh. there's I have the option to fall back on if I need. It's been a year. Have you used it? I haven't. But Mr. Guild doesn't come every night. Have you used it? I haven't. <laughs> okay. I'm just saying. Uh huh. I I don't have that option with the other two packs. Fair enough. That is that is true. Sooner, what are your thoughts? Uh, I actually like the rivals terrain. Um, I think that the I've used the bunker a lot, <laughs> Matthew. <laughs> um, I take it and have a nice board with it, and um, I don't play as much as i would like uh just because of family stuff in real life at my local gaming store but when i do and and i make a table a lot of times i will use it um i think the terrain is a cool aspect to it i i think i like the idea of it i like that it's something different and it gives hobbyists a um a really good platform to really you know show off their skills um, I like how it's two people battling it out. Um, now, I wasn't a fan of the first Rivals pack um, because I want them to be separate characters. I, I think just repeating the characters is is dumb. I, I don't, I'm not a supporter of that. But I think the last two Rival packs, um, I've been a big supporter of. Um, now, that being said, I do agree they did not do a very good job. I think they should have done the back end of the waterfall. Um, I think hobbyists, I've already seen one that was beautiful that the guy filled it in on his own, but like most people don't have that skill. Um, so I think that they they did a poor job with the execution of that. I think, um, I guess it's supposed to be like at the side of the board maybe. And so I don't know. Um, and then I, I think the two characters are, are they're all right. I mean, I don't, they don't really fancy my, uh, I don't really get super excited about them um, just because I think OG Black Panther may be better than the five threat Black Panther. Um, and I think the OG Killmonger is definitely better than the new Killmonger. 
Um, so that is kind of a little bit of a letdown, but I like the idea. I like, I think it's cool having two iconic characters in a pack that you can buy and in a diorama and all that. Um, I don't think it should be, you know, like a regular release, but I think it's special. And look, if people don't want to buy it, then don't buy it. Like it's not, I mean, it's not the end of the world. So it's not like any of these characters are like a must have, like sure. Logan is the best out of all of them, but like I've been playing this game competitively for a long year and I'm just now playing Logan literally just now in my X-Force list. So like, I don't know. I just, I don't think it's uh, I don't think it's like a, you have to buy them. And I, I think I definitely agree with that. Cool I think that if you don't like the product, you should not buy the product. The best way to tell AMG what, what you think of a product is with your wallet. Don't buy the product if you don't like the product. And don't ever feel like you are required to buy, to play, you know, to buy a product because of a character. If you don't want to, just play something else. Uh, Logan and Apex kind of pushed that probably the farthest, much more than Black Panther and Killmonger because, because those two models are all significantly better. Uh, but I don't know for me personally, especially as somebody who doesn't really care about terrain, uh, I haven't bought any of these packs personally, uh, because I I don't like terrain and I don't feel like I want to spend a significant premium, like a, like twice as much money on a character pack just because AMG has decided that on this character pack, we're going to add in this terrain. And so I don't, I just don't, I just don't buy it. I think that, but I do feel like it, it does have a significant feels bad for people when they see characters that they do like. I like X character. I like Wolverine, for example, let's say, and I want to have, I want to have a really cool Wolverine. So I want that Logan, but I can't get that Logan. So I guess I have to go to the secondary market in order to get the Logan separately. So I don't have to spend a hundred dollars to get that Logan, it, it does feel bad to me. And I feel like AMG is in a place where they probably put out that Spidey and Doc Ock and like nobody bought it because unless, you, you know, you can't use the terrain and you can't, the character models are nice, but they don't really add anything to, to the game. So it's an easy pass in a game that was putting out a lot of packs. So I mean, yeah, I didn't like that one. I, I agree. I didn't like that one. If they're going to do it, I think they need to include the terrain. You need to do something play. usable. That made characters that you had the exact copies of those cards already. Well, not exact copies because they had like foil versions, but you already had those characters playable in the game and you didn't get any usable terrain with it. So it was just. Do you want to flex on your opponent by using your blinged out card and blinged out tactic stuff? Or do you not want to spend, how much was that, like $65 for that pack? Yeah, that's the cheapest one. Yeah. So, I mean, th- that is the worst out of the three for sure. I mean, I guess, like, uh, I don't know. Part of me also just feels like, to a certain extent, the, the Warrior Falls could be the worst one because if you actually want those characters but you don't want to spend the price, like it would be cool. I understand this is like not really feasible, but it would be cool 
if like there's a way to get these characters from AMG without having to spend you know an additional fifty bucks or forty to fifty bucks just to have you know a diorama. I'm gonna say I'm shocked that you bought the Deadpool box. I bought it because it was on a significant discount, and I it was it was on a big sale at uh, GameChefs.org, and I used the discount code Gamers Guild to get an additional discount on top of it. Nice. So it was actually even cheaper than buying it off of like Amazon or something, which always has it pretty cheap. Uh, so I got it on a deal, and that's why I bought it. And then I and that that's like that box is. Like that's really good terrain. Like I've used the Deadpool truck. I use it in like almost every game. Like I play in real life. Yeah, it's like, definitely it's not as clunky as the size five bunker. Yeah, it's totally serviceable terrain. I put it yes. together and stored it with all the other terrain that I don't use. <laughs> but you know, if it wasn't on sale, I would probably wouldn't have gotten it because I'm I'm proud of you for putting it together. I, I mean, I'll put it together. If I bought anything, I put terrain together. There's no piece of terrain from any core box or anything that I haven't taken the time to put together. I enjoy putting the pieces together. I just oh, despise I painting them. I haven't put together a single piece of terrain from my core two, not one. Oh, it's all it's all put together and shoved into the corner of a closet. If I had a local shop that I went to all the time, I probably would just like donate it. But I don't have any place that I go to significantly enough. Maybe I'll start giving it away for like charity tournaments or something anyway that's 10 minutes <laughs> um and we're going to move on to our main topic which is uh i don't know if it, anyone's heard but cosmic ghost rider uh has been eroded uh he had uh, if anyone has been listening to this podcast he has been uh sort of a sore subject for uh quite a while how long has he been out for like six eight months too I long. Bought him. I honestly, long. I, I never bought the piece, so I, I don't know. I don't know either. I think he came out in the in the summer. I feel like he came out. My brain is telling me that, but he's been out for a long time, and he was nuts when he when he came out. We were like, I don't know if he's good, but we don't like what he brings to the game. Uh, turned out he was also good, so <laughs> <laughs> wasn't bad. Wasn't bad. And now to give a, a recap, what the changes are to Cosmic Ghost Rider, in case nobody has heard in the last like three weeks since this happened, his Cosmic Penance Stare has been increased from six cost to an eight cost spender. His chains, the things that pull you and then give you an incinerate, are now once per turn. His power gain uh, and token interaction has been moved from the power phase to the cleanup phase. So now in the cleanup phase, he rolls dice, and then if he has, uh, you know, five or was five five or more power, then he gets his psychosis token, and he starts the game with the psychosis token, and he gains the psychosis token when he is dazed, uh, and that's partially because dazed characters do not have superpowers. So at the time in the cleanup phase, if he's dazed, he wouldn't be able to roll for power. He doesn't get to, he doesn't get to roll for power, so therefore he doesn't also doesn't get his psychosis token. So this is a way to make sure that he has a psychosis token when he wakes up from being dazed. Um, sooner, you're back. What do you think about these changes? Uh, I think they're great changes. I think it's a, a great start, and um, I think it. I think it uh, really does. 
really three good changes. I mean, the one and biggest change is it tones down his round one, which was needed severely. Um, the fact that he could just roll four power and then just teleport up four and blast two people. It's just was, it was ridiculous. Like the fact that that even got through play testing is ridiculous. Um, so that part, you know, changing it to the cleanup phase is a great, uh, a great move. Uh, chains once per turn. I mean, look, everything should be once per turn AMG. Let's just get it right the first time. Like, you know, unless you have your very specific things like the Magneto throw, that's really good. Um, but like, come on, superpowers should for the most part be once per turn um, besides specifics. Um, so that's a good change. And then look, like, I don't know if they just didn't roll the dice enough on his in testing on his uh, spender, but I mean, that spender is yeah. basically delete a model. And so the fact that they moved it up to eight power, I think was a really good uh, change. I don't know how impactful that'll be, but. Well, it's impactful in the fact that if you do it at all, it's it's like once a game that you're doing it. And if you do it at all, it's a significant Mm -hmm. hit to your power economy. And if you do it at all, it's also harder to no matter the cost it. Yeah, no, I mean it's it's they're all really good changes. Um, I, I applaud them. I think it's helped a lot. Um, I will say, kind of on the flip side, all these people saying Ghost Rider is not playable anymore and he's not any good. Um, this is this is an exact repeat of Malekith. Malekith got nerfed, and everybody's like, "Oh, they nerfed Malekith. He's no good." And then like. Three months later, Malkith was that's winning just, everything. That's just the normal way humans think, um, right? They just I remember what it was, and then they think yeah, it's something that's right? nerfed. It's not good anymore. Yes. Like, if, if Cosmic Ghost Rider got released like this, people would be like, heck yeah, this guy's awesome. Like, let's play him. Like, they, wouldn't, they would think he's really great. But all the gamers have this mentality of what he was, which was a completely – NPE broken model and shouldn't have been like that. And so now that he's not like that, they're just like, Oh, he's not any good, which is completely untrue. I literally lost to a cosmic ghost rider today in a game. I think what it really does is, and I think it's, this is good for a, the cosmic ghost rider players and B the game, but it actually gives you like some decision-making now which is good. Whereas before like cosmic could be played by my five-year-old son. It was like, all right, let me get five power. I'll just teleport up and shoot, shoot, pulse this guy off, incinerate him and let star Lord and rocket kill him. And like, that was all you had to do. It was like insanely easy. Whereas now you're going to see him a not be psychosed as much round two. And, um, maybe even round three, but for sure round two. So you may, you're going to have to like maybe play him to score some, like he may actually be a scoring piece. Some like that's how I lost to him today is he scored a lot in the two rounds. He wasn't psychosis because I didn't want to attack him. Right. Like I, I think it's when you're playing a cosmic, unless you have a specific plan to kill and uh, KO cosmic, I think it's a mistake to attack him. Because all you do is feed him power just to, to 
teleport and spender you and, and stuff like that. So, I mean, he's actually a pretty good scoring model when he doesn't have a psychosis because he's so hard to take down and people don't want to attack him. Um, so I think there's a, a, a good give take now where it's like there's actual decision-making now to be made. And um, I think that's good. I think it's good for the game and it's good for these Guardian of the Galaxy players. There's a reason we used to joke that it was like crayon eaters that played CGR, which isn't true. The people who played CGR played him because he's great. And if you're trying to take down the tournament, you might as well bring the, the best piece. But the play patterns with that CGR, like Sooner was saying, are not the most complicated game plans ever devised. Now there's actually some things to consider and there's some counterplay to him. Like if you send like rogue up there to power drain him, that destroys his game. Like there, there's, there's pieces out there and there's ways that you can deal with CGR. Now it's not, not the boogeyman that he used to be. He will still kill models and that's what he does. That's what he's good at. If you daze him, that turn that he wakes up is going to be a nightmare because he'll probably wake up with somewhere around eight to ten power and a psychosis token guaranteed. Like, good night. That is gross. And he's still in the best affiliation, or arguably the best affiliation in the game. I think you could only argue one other affiliation. Um, but I mean, there's still unbelievably good that leadership is still unbelievably good um, that roster is so, still unbelievably good yeah, you man. take him out of that roster and it's still amazing yeah that's what i'm saying so like yeah i mean and i think people will find I, again i think this is the exact same thing that happened with malekith i think you'll see people really put him on the shelf and not play him as much and then you know somebody's gonna do something good with them and people are gonna realize that Oh, Cosmic Ghost Rider is still insanely good. So, so I, yeah, I just I don't disagree with anything you said. I think that he is still uh, an exceptional model. I think he is just more of a fairer model. There, there, his model now opens up your team to having positional counterplay in fact you know it's it's the idea of like the play lines that he could do in round one that ceiling of the character has been brought down and i think that's kind of what you want from a nerf like you don't want to nerf a character into the ground so that your 50 dollars investment has been invalidated you don't want any of the characters to just be unplayable uh, that those those in my opinion are not good nerfs uh, you want to just Bring that power level down so that, you know, it's just not insane. And like you've all been kind of alluding to, like he making these significant nerfs to him and him being in Guardians, he's still going to be a fantastic, strong model. And if you're able to make these significant changes to him and he's still going to be this strong I think that that that's good changes to make then. One of the biggest things that I had a problem with this isn't even so much like, oh, he can gain a bunch of power and then he teleports to the middle of the board and dazes two of your models and deploy them before they get to activate, which obviously I've, I don't think 
hitting being able to hit models in the deployment is a mechanic that should exist um like you should not have characters that can do that but i just think that there's a, a lot of things like his first round is essentially he's either going to move and shoot somebody or he's going to you know bounce you know range one and then he can double tap somebody if they put happen to walk them to the midline so just remember that people out there you see a guardians team and you're on like researcher gamma or whatever and don't just like move models to the middle of the board and expect them to live there they still will probably die just as efficiently but he's not able to move anywhere he wants on the board you can position yourself for cover you can position yourself to be able to handle a whole host of situations and to counter you know i i was i spent mentioned to jimmy offline one time i played against the cgr once i moved my iron man behind a a size three truck so that he would have cover it was like really hard um but the cgr just essentially placed four and shot and then pulled iron man not place four placed three pulled iron man out from cover and then double shot him and killed him there was like nothing I could do. There was no counterplay to that play because it the CGR model could do whatever it wanted. And now that play can't happen. Now at at best it has to move and then shoot once. And that is as efficient as it gets round one. And like Sunard said, that leaves an opportunity that round two now this is not now he's now he's not psychotic so now he's still great it's a six die range four energy builder uh gainer so that's still a great attack probably with with, with the displacement, displacement on the character so, but i just mean like but if you go into that round two with only a power or two and you do your gainer twice and then pull someone you're looking at going into round three without a token as well Right. You have to really manage that power because you that's a decision-making, which is great, just like Sooner was saying. Decision-making is great. Now when you move and you shoot, you're almost, no matter what you do, you're probably going to end up with just two power at the end of your activation with Ghost Rider. So you have enough power to pull. The chains is, is two, right? Yeah. So chains is two. You can pull, and but then you're going to end up with zero power, which means you're Definitely. If you just keep spewing the power out that he can spend, you're probably, it's going to be very hard for you to get psychotic. So then you have to make that decision. Do I pull this model out and incinerate them? Or do I just say, no, I want my two power, so I'm more likely to get psychotic in the second round. Or at the very least, so I'm built up enough power, so I'll be psychotic in the third round. Because if I just, you just start pulling people and placing rounds one and two, you may never be psychotic again. CGR with Professor X. It's my new my new game plan. Heck yeah! See, we fe- we figured it out. We broke the <laughs> figured code. out the leadership. We did it. <laughs> um, any other thought? Anyone else have any thoughts about the Arada changes to Cosmic Ghost Rider? I think they did it right. I I like his power level. He still feels dangerous. He still feels worth six threat, but he doesn't feel like you need to splash him everywhere. Like. Your winner guard list does not need Cosmic Ghost Rider in it. Your your 
in humans. Well, actually, he's probably pretty good. In he's probably one of his best but, places. Yeah, he's probably honestly his better home right now. But like Web Warriors, they don't need Cosmic Ghost Rider. Like, don't don't bring Cosmic Ghost Rider in that list. All right. So, yeah, no, it's it was well done. I think by AMG. Uh, I think it took a little too long, or I mean, however you want to kind of dice that up. Uh, maybe it shouldn't been re- released like that, but. Um, I think the changes are, are good. So kudos Great. to them. On so that. another point that I want to bring up, which was something we've mentioned multiple times on the cast, is that the game kind of bends at sixth threat. I have been on, on record as saying that once you get above sixth threat, the game breaks. Uh, but the game definitely bends at sixth threat. And we see in a model like Hulk who is a little overtuned and really bends the game into a, a certain fashion and then we see in the play, in the case of Cosmic Ghost Rider where he's way overtuned although as I'm sure Josh would be saying if you ever actually listen to this podcast uh when you have any model like Enchantress or Medusa when they were at their models and they were super overtuned they also kind of broke the game um but what are our thoughts about the concept of balancing for six threat making the making six threats feel like they're worth it without ending up being pre-nerf cosmic ghost rider i think it's a myth aside from hulk who's a busted six threat now it's busted six threat now why now aside from because cosmic ghost rider got nerfed he feels appropriate so aside from hulk who's who's a busted six threat I okay. think She-Hulk is fine. I think uh, Magneto is great. I think Cosmic Ghost Rider is in a good spot. Like all of these pieces, even like gemmed pieces, like Ebony Maw with the Soul Stone or the um, Space Stone. Like I think they all feel well balanced. Hmm. You think they're well balanced? I do. Yeah, I, I, I think, think that, I mean, six threats think, should it should be worth two, three threat characters. You think She-Hulk is worth? two three threat characters she's a little under but she's not bad she's a good piece she's not she's not a bad piece you're okay. you're looking at this through the lens of looking at hulk okay what do you th- what are you gonna say sooner yeah i mean i i agree with jimmy i think that they can kind of do six threats and i think for the most part uh six threats are okay um I think seven is where it really breaks. And I, I just don't think there should be any seven threat or higher characters in the entire game. Um, personally. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think they can do six threats. And I do agree most six. I mean, there's not a lot of six threats. But I mean, I do agree that the six threats do feel pretty decent. Cosmic was the exception. Obviously, that was, you know he was way too way too good uh but outside of that magneto is a good solid six threat i think she hulk is could use like a little something like a gamma leap if you gave like she hulk gamma leap then like yeah she's she's a six threat um what about the best model on the so game so hulk is a little good Hulkbuster's Hulkbuster, fun, baby. Man. cable Hulkbuster's he's, fun he's he's very unique too Hulk, but I, I do think so. I think She Hulk could have like a gamma leap 
added, and I think that Hulkbuster. Yeah, if Hulkbuster was like like maybe one more yeah. health on his healthy side. Uh, I think you could maybe. I think you could give him maybe two more health, and then um, the dumbest thing is how he has to pay for his damage that reduction before the attack. Um, yeah, just like make that where you pay for it after the attack. Yeah, yeah, like every single other one. And I think Hulkbuster is fine, but I Hulkbuster is playable. I've played him in big. See, I would rather him in LSO. his health stay the same, but built to take it work on on collisions. Yeah, yeah. It, which it should. Like, like that's thematic, right? Like, he's in a huge metal Hulkbuster suit. Like, you can throw. I was watching Infinity War last night, and Thanos threw a moon at Iron Man, and he was able to block that and moon and come back. Suit. So, <laughs> yeah. So, like, the Hulkbuster suit needs to be able to take something. If that one can, if his nanotech can take a moon. <laughs> It wasn't the whole um, moon. It was just chunks um, of the moon. It was a pretty big, yeah, big piece was... of the moon. It was a big piece <laughs> of the moon. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I think they're all pretty good. But Hulkbuster, even even at where he's at, is, is still I'm like I'm telling you, playable. you bring I mean, Hulk down a little playable. bit. And put him kind of in the realm of all these other sixes. And I think six threat would feel just as good as three, four, and five threat. So we think the problem now is that Hulk needs to be brought down a bit so that the, uh, so, so that like yeah. Hulk Buster could live. I, yeah, yeah. This, the this, only look, reason we need to bring Hulk this, down is so I, Hulk Buster can be brought up. I mean, he's the only six. I mean, Magneto's not going to be splashed in a lot of places and she hulks even if you give her like a gamma leaf is probably not getting splashed in a lot of places it's really the, it's the hulkbuster's the one hulkbuster's the one who's, who's criminally he's the one who needs justice justice for hulkbuster look i have a new part of the cast it is it is the sooner <laughs> changes part all right or, or no no, no we'll call sooner's it sooner workshop fixes amg part yeah, Sooner's Workshop. Good. I like that. So, look, you give She-Hulk Gamalee, boom, she's perfect. You give Hulkbuster one to two more health and make his like damage reduction others. where you pay, like all the others. You make Hulk's throw mm-hmm. a terrain throw only. Boom. Game is fixed on six threats. Let's go. So, okay, question, question. I'm, I'm intrigued with this. I, I'm going. I'm going down this rabbit hole. So, if She-Hulk gets a, a gamma, gamma, a leap. Uh, is that gamma leap two cost, or she go up to? Or she, she She-Hulk, up- She-Hulk also has problem, an issue. Where she okay? doesn't generate power. Great, because she's built around the fact that she's an A Force leader. I think you keep it at three threat or three cost, so she can't do it. I'm turn okay one. with that. Um, unless you obviously are playing a force and, or another power generating, you know, you're playing her with Wong or something like that. They can give her a power. Yeah. I think I would keep it at three, make him, if they want to use it, turn one, make her have to work for it. And if not, she can just use it. See, I would like to have clear the court, her throw go down the two. I it's a great throw. I just, but she doesn't have like the gamma leap. 
Like I want her, her to be able to have some impact round one. You don't think a four special is not enough of an impact round. one, Right. Well, I mean, she's clearly <laughs> built around the fact that she is an a force and she's got special delivery in there. So like, but outside of that home, like if she's playing in shield or she's playing in Avengers, she doesn't have that available to her and shield. She, you can sit rep her up. So that's something Avengers is cute. You're not, you're not assembling her in first round. Let's be honest. So you just want her to have some kind of impact. That isn't just like oh, reliant upon a tactics card. It's yeah, her mobility, she's, she's, man. I mean, like that's the weakness in Shield. She just needs a mobility. So, like, if you don't, maybe call it Gamma <laughs> Handstand, and she gets a small <laughs> Gamma Cartwheel or something. Like, I don't care. It doesn't have to be Gamma Leap. Call it like Gamma <laughs> Back Handspring. And she gets like a, a small movement or, or whatever, but like she needs yeah. some sort of mobility. Like call it like gamma hop on one foot and she can bump herself range one. Like she just okay. needs some okay. sort of mobility. And then Hulk, you want it to be trained through. You don't want to I've increase the cost of it. You want months. it to be trained through. No. No, because then he can still. If you increase the cost, he can still. Yeah, double the move reason and he's throw. good is not because of his damage output. His damage output is pretty good, but it's not like CGR good. The reason he's good is because you you can get up in there, punch two pieces, push them both off points, and then pay two to pick up a third and throw a medium. If you put three pieces on researcher, let's say a single Hulk activation can totally wipe your turn out. By doing that. Hmm, okay. If you take that throw and turn it into a terrain throw, it's still powerful. You can still throw a size four into someone and do a lot of damage, but you're not going to remove them off a point just by paying two power. I think they should get rid of all size four character <laughs> throws except Bishop. I do think they should get rid of the size four character throw on Beta Ray Bill because that is dumb. Uh Nope, Bishop. Just leave him. The mm-hmm. only character in the game that can I do it, and okay. I don't know if I go that long. straight out of the workshop. To like all of the comics and stuff that I've read, I don't remember Bishop ever throwing buildings. <laughs> look, look, Jimmy. We don't okay. need to get into this. Okay, just he's, accept he's that he's strong. He's got energy. So strong, like, he can only handle eight power at a time. He can throw. So, yeah, he can blow up, but you so, know, okay. he throws a lot. Let me let me just launch one more thing at you. If we knock it down to being a terrain throw, which I think a terrain uh, enemy and terrain throw down to the terrain throw is a sizable nerf. What if he can throw terrain, but he throws it long because he's the strongest one there is? I think that's cool. Actually, yeah, I would yeah. be. I wouldn't be I'm, opposed I'm to that. That is kind of cool. That's yes, he's yes. got to be within range too, but he can throw it long. Right. Yeah, that would be pretty right. cool. Ship I like it. that. AMG, we did your job. Yep. Yeah. All right. <laughs> from the workshop. All right. Speaking from of workshop. Uh, our workshop, so CGR has been you know the focus for a lot of people about what needs to be uh, adjusted in order to balance the game. This game, um, I think we all agree that this game is ridiculously well balanced. Um, they AMG has done a fantastic job with the curve, 
most of the models that co- most of the things that come out are right in line with the curve. That sometimes they're a little above, sometimes they're a little below, and that's okay. Um, but you know, we saw recently that in LVO, uh, I think like two thirds of the models were brought to LVO, which I think is a very good sign for the health of how AMG has gone to balancing the game. Yeah, but only only three models were brought <laughs> on both final sides table. of the table. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's what I mean. There were literally yeah. three different right, models right. at but, the but final table. That one instance aside, I think the game more or less is well, but there uh, are probably think, other things that I still think those need. three characters were brought into more than two games that that weekend. Just a hunch. Sure, but <laughs> so okay, wait, is, uh, okay. <laughs> I agree with you. No, no, I agree with what you're saying. I, I, okay. I'm sorry I got you on a tangent, so but I agree with what you're saying. Just take a brief moment uh, and think about: is there any, especially in light of the changes, is there anything else that we feel needs to be a little addressed? Um, all right, go ahead. You, yes. you hit this with one sooner. Hi, Hellfire Club. Um, you're going to see. In the next six months, you're going to see the monster that is Hellfire Club. I'm telling you that right now. Um, they're consistently climbing in long shanks. They are now the number one are they pushing uh, win 60? percentage team. They're 57% right now with, with uh, think, uh, 950 Yeah, they're 57 So they're not there. So, um, yeah, I mean, look, it's a mistake – to make an affiliation where you can bring whoever you want. It just is. Like, the only reason Dorm got away with it is because Dorm is Dorm. (laughs) Like, he's eight eight threat, and he's not the best eight threat. So, like, um, that's the only way that Dark Dimension got away with it. Um, You can't just make an affiliation and say, bring all the best models or all the best models that fit your game plan like, don't worry about affiliation. Like, it just doesn't work. And, like, Emma is not maybe the best fourth threat, but she's not a bad fourth threat. And so the second thing is, is I don't know if maybe they thought because it's a tactics card, um, that was enough. But that leadership oh, yeah. is, is cracked, yeah. man. Like, that leadership is way too good. Everybody on your team heals and gets a power. Like, people complain about, like, the Sam leadership, and it's like yeah, and you have one to guy have someone gets it. Like, yeah. <laughs> your whole team. So, like, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out, like, hey, man, if I put, like, Beta Ray Bill and, like, Rhino and some of these models, Logan – in this thing that I can take whoever I want so I can take them all. Like they're going to be extremely hard to kill. They have, they all have freaking or, or a lot of them have extract skill steals. Well, that's the thing. So, like, there is no such thing as like a, a list building just, deficiency because no you can bring skill. whoever you want yeah. and feed them extra power and give them heals. Yeah. Part, part of the thing I've, I've, I've said in the past is like AMG's approach to list building is both a blessing and a curse. The fact that you can splash any model into any affiliation, except for Dormammu, because he he is always in his affiliation. Outside of that, is like a blessing because it's cool and it really 
promotes inventive list building and it creates fun narratives on the tabletops and it's a great thing but it's also a curse because it really makes it hard to balance all these leaderships around a singular splash character when it's just like oh black cat comes into the game and then suddenly oh she needs she's under steve and now suddenly she's a huge npe because round one she's stealing something and then top of round one she's running away and it's awful and it's just impossible it's impossible when you don't even have the restriction of hey i at least need three of my models to be affiliated i only have this one splash character now it's just splash the affiliation and you just it's impossible to balance that impossible Yeah, I, so I mean, I so I, I have two others, um, and it kind of goes with Hellfire Club. But I think that um, Bill obviously needs. Bill is just too good. He's too efficient. He's, he's How many too good at Bill doing at everything. Um, yeah, I mean, he's just too good. He's the best model. He's the oh, he's the best pound for you know boxers are like who's the best pound for pound you know fighter in the in the game. Well, Bill's the best pound for pound. I, I don't even think game. he needs that much. I mean, for four threat, yeah, for four threat, like what you're getting is it's pound for pound the best model in the game. So I think Bill needs needs a tone down. Um, and then the other model that I think is is too good, and I think it's largely because of his tactics card, is Rhino. Um, Rhino is pretty nuts, man. Um, and I mean no surprise in the affiliation that you can play whatever you want. Yeah. These are like the two most popular models because they're like the two best models. And lizards normally in there. Yeah. And, and like, so yeah, you, you. Lizard, lizard. like lizards, a fine model, right? Yeah. Like lizard is perfectly fine and balanced and things, but like, you know, and, and look, if you banned rhinos tactics cards, he's fine. Like, I think he's probably fine, but that tactics card is nuts. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I think those two models um, need need a tone down. Outside of that, in Hellfire Club, I don't see much. I know Web Warriors has a really good uh, win rate, but I think I think Web, Web Warriors, Warriors are fine because fine. I have as zero soon as Web Warriors are like one of those affiliations that as soon as they become top of the meta, then everybody just texts for them and they drop a lot. Like they're they're they are a problem that has a solution. Yeah, I was talking to who was it the other day? Um, oh, uh, the guy that played. I was talking to Deaton again, and uh, the guy that played into him was running X Force, and I've played this matchup like four or five times. X Force are good into him; they're really good into him. Um, and you know, he was like, you know, Deaton was like, "Yeah, I want it," and I was like, "Well, what did the guy bring?" and and he was like, you know, he brought this and Red Skull. And I was like, oh, you probably don't bring Red Skull there because it was on a D, I think. Re- regardless. And I was like, well, he brought, I mean, he, he, Deaton was talking about how his ASM just wouldn't die. And I was like, oh, really? I was like, well, did he not mark for death him and just kill him? And Deaton was like, oh, he didn't bring mark for death. <laughs> and I was like, well, There's your problem. that right there is your, one of your biggest problems. Like that card is insane against web warriors so like i think a lot of playing i think a lot of the wins that web warriors get is they're a good affiliation good models when they get on their when they win prio and get on their thing they're very good 
But I think one of the biggest things is people don't know how to play into them. And I think when you have that experience, webs are perfectly fine. And I think a lot of these things don't even need that much. Like Bill, you know, is up, but I don't think he needs that much of a tone down. Like I think even just for me, I'm just, for me, I just think if he just reduced to, to one, reducing the zeros like a silly superpower but like it's so silly it shouldn't have it probably shouldn't even exist right so like if you just like leave it on thanos like someone super powerful but you can leave it on kingpin and crossbones because nobody play them but like (laughs) um yeah it shouldn't be on a model because there's not much else to them right like they don't have well like they're a small move like if you made bill small move Completely changes him as a character a thousand percent. He would not be popular at all. Right. But I, I don't think he should be a small move. I, no, I, I don't either. I'm just saying like, it's okay to keep it on Kingpin because he has other, you know, li- huge liabilities. Right. Exactly. Uh, Justin, any, any, any hit list? Sooner stole all of my answers. So, I mean, it's fine. I mean, we don't ha- we don't have to have this be a thirty minute topic. Just... I, I don't. I mean, I don't think I have anything to add. Like Bill and Hulk, but we already fixed Hulk, so I guess yeah. Yeah, Sooner's Workshop got Hulk. Like I said, I've been talking about that for months, man. That that is my Hulk fix for sure. But I. Hellfire Club is probably going to be an issue. If you listen to Mike on the Danger Room, he will tell you Wakanda is going to be an issue. And I think Wakanda. Is oh, a bit I forgot of an about. Issue. I was. Spirit. I was going to say I, Wakanda. Yeah. I, was, See, I was waiting to say it. There is there is a realm where Spirit of Wakanda and Wakanda Forever and the new pieces coming in. Even Storm got buffed. Like there's there's a realm where Wakanda is. A problematic affiliation. I don't think the new pieces change. I don't even think they make really the roster. When I say new um, pieces, I mean um, Mbaku, because he's been... Mbaku is one of the 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 weakest characters. In fact, I think Mike I think took him out of his oh, list. You? I don't even okay. think he's in his list anymore. But you really don't need yeah, no spirit is yeah. I, spirit is surprising because AMG did everything to cut out that type of play, and then they're like. Here you go. Here's a perfect card. Here's a card. Wow. Yeah. AMG does yeah. that quite often. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I forgot. That's my other thing is, is spirit needs to go away. Or, or I, if you ban R&D, I think that helps a lot. So yeah. I, basically, banning R&D has been something that should have been done for like two years. Like, R- they need to just pull the trigger. I've said this before. Things. R&D is a card that is only, outside of Web Warriors, is a card that's only used for... OP jank stuff. Yeah, like what what do you use it for aside from turn one crazy like nonsense. 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 You just you only bring it if you want to nothing. do nonsense. You're like no one ever saves it for turn three when you need an extra power on people. That never happens. It's always turn one to set up something. Yeah. Yeah. Because then it forces them to if they want to do that, they have to do wrong. And then it makes it an activation later, which is huge. Yeah. And they can't bring the, like, Mike brings basically ASM and Bill, like, almost every game, or, or Rhino and Bill every game. And uh, if you bring Wong, you can't do that and be affiliated. Yeah. So, like, all they need to do is ban R&D. Yeah, I agree. All right. Uh, can I do a reverse hit, hit squad? Okay. 
they went too hard on Winter Soldier. That piece is garbage now. Poor Bucky. Poor one out for Bucky. (laughs) Poor one out. He went from the like one of the worst models to the best model to maybe not as good anymore. Yeah, he's he's not the worst model now, but he's he's not great. I haven't played him since his nerf, so I don't know. I've played him since his nerf. Never again. (laughs) (laughs) We'll 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 wait for the next Uh, uh, character pass when he gets buffed again. (laughs) The seesaw, the Bucky seesaw. Uh, all right, and the last um, topic, we have one more topic, but before we go into that, we'll have a message from our sponsor. Oh, hello there. I didn't see you coming in because we're a podcast that doesn't have access to your camera yet. Well, while you're here, we have some outstanding deals for all the hot MCP and Shatterpoint goodies out there. We don't have access to your location yet, so we don't know where you are. But if you're in Europe, you can go to Tritex Games and use the code TRITEXGGCP5 to save an additional 5% off their discounted MCP and Shatterpoint goods. And if you happen to live in the U.S., go to GameChefs.org, use the code GAMERSGUILD, and get 15% off your order. And we don't have access to your Discord servers yet, but if you aren't a part of the Gamers Guild Discord, come on by, it's free. We're friendly, we don't bite, I promise. Well, maybe Josh. But we'd love to chat with you. All that info is in the description. And until we have complete control over your device, keep on gaming. One last topic I wanna talk about before we close out this um, huge meta-shaking event that is the the nerf of the cosmic ghost rider and that is winners and losers we kind of touched on this a little bit um throughout this conversations but uh what uh each of us i want each of us to give one winner and one loser besides hellfire club oh you stole our answer who who loses who loses so winners and losers we'll start with uh who wants to go does sooner you go first winner and loser one winner, one loser. Um. Well, I think, I think one. Win- so I'll give you a winner that's not Hellfire Club. Um, Web Warriors. I think that Web Warriors did not love Cosmic Ghost Rider chasing them down and killing them with one shot pretty much every time. Um. So I think uh, this is good for the Web Warriors. They are already uh, a very strong team. Um, very strong. D- yeah, despite them not ever being able to do anything in America, um, <laughs> we we have a bunch of guys who apparently can't play Web Warriors here. But um, I think they're a winner of it. Um, well, losers. Uh, who loses? I don't know anyone. That Guardians loses. of the Galaxy lose from being they don't lose the the hands down best affiliation, no questions asked to now they're maybe the best affiliation with Hellfire yeah, they're, Club. They're one B. So like, that's yeah. the loss that they, they got. That's fair. I'll take it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How about you, uh, Justin? I've been playing them a lot. I think they've got good gameplay into a lot of different groups. Defenders got a bump and you're going to see a lot more of them going forward because they have like right now, probably the most busted pieces in the game. The whole, is affiliated it's easy to splash big ray bill in there the re-roll ability is super awesome with a lot of pieces that 
um, are affiliated for the team. I think they're just really solid. And now that you don't have the meta monster taking out your your brawlers every turn, you're going to see more defenders out there doing some stuff. I think it's fun. And I, a loser, I don't know, Sentinels, they're a loser in this because they, they didn't get any buffs and... And and cause and guardians going down means that they you know their best defense was was energy and now there's just going to be less there's going to be this marginal less energy attack. You're right, sentinels losers, got yeah. it, losers, locked it, locking it in, dropping down to forty one percent from forty two. <laughs> uh, all right, so my winner, I'm going to go with Midnight Suns uh, because I felt. That Midnight Suns, like they're all, I think in general, the curve, the win percentage curve might get buffed up a little bit as the attrition of Guardians will be tamped down enough to bump up some numbers down there. But I think Midnight Suns is maligned a little too much at, uh, right now. And I think part of that was because long range energy uh, attacks that you can just place wherever you want is really, really bad for that affiliation. And I think that when you have things like Web Warriors and Wakanda rising to the cream of the crop, the Midnight Suns are pretty good at at, uh, dealing with Wakanda and Web Warriors and maybe being able to hedge a few more, uh, being able to have a little more counterplay against a CGR who's just slightly less maneuverable. I want to give a couple honorable mentions. I haven't done my loser. Oh, I thought, oh, who's your loser? My loser uh, is Winterguard because they lost a really great splash. <laughs> awesome. Man, right when they, uh, right they, when were, they the were rising to the top. Yeah. After, the, after the errata, they were looking good. and The rug pulled out from under them. My honorable mentions, I think Inhumans got a big buff, and I think Magneto can come out from his hidey hole these days because, like, you know, he was getting blown off the table by CGR now that that threat's gone. I mean, there's still some pieces out there that give him a rough time. Hulk is still really strong into him because of the throw, but, I mean, there's there's some... I mean, we've workshopped the throw, so I think Magneto can come out. Mm. Yeah, Magneto whooped my butt the other day. That's what caused me to uh, put in Colossus. Dave, you don't have a way to throw him and like control him a little bit. He will ruin your day. And that's why you need a Hulk. Yep. That's why we can't we no, can't nerf Hulk. We can't workshop the Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll give an honorable mention to Convocation. I think Convocation's weakest uh, defense was uh, energy, and um, this gives them a little more counterplay dealing with that send it. it we're done okay this has been a great episode i think thank uh so happy to have you all for this episode and really excited for the celebration of uh, a little more balance to the universe of marvel crisis protocol now and that's it for this week and i hope everyone enjoyed our episode and until next time keep on gaming keep on gaming Keep on gaming.
What what are we going to call the new version of Fastball Special with Gambit riding on the back of Wolverine charging his claws? It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Yeah. 